You've tuned into the Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to the Dr. Lowe Show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Dr. Lowe Show. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. Thank you for joining me. If you are a new listener, hey, welcome. If you're a repeat guest or repeat listener, thanks for coming back for more. This is a podcast that has been running for eight plus years now. Crazy. I know. When, back when I started podcasting, people were like, what's a podcast? And now it's like, everybody's got a podcast. It's pretty cool. We can reach millions of people all over the world, which this show has done over the years. So I just feel so grateful and so blessed to have found this platform to reach all of you and, you know, always open to any ideas, suggestions, things to make the show better, different guests that you want to hear from, different topics you want to hear about. So you can always leave that feedback over on the iTunes reviews. So if you can take a second, press pause, go and leave a review for the show. If you're loving it, please leave five stars and you know, share your honest feedback. And I would be so grateful. You know, the more reviews that we have, the more that this podcast is going to reach more and more people on the iTunes um, directory. So that's what we want to do, right? Is spread this message. I am, as I'm recording this, uh, just a couple days shy of my due date to uh, deliver my first baby. I'm really excited. I've shared on some previous episodes, you know, different kind of... um, you know, like the process of getting to the place where I'm at and, um, also did an episode on just some of the habits that I've done to help stay healthy during my pregnancy. So if you haven't checked that out, definitely listen to that. And, you know, I can say at 38 years old, about to have my first child that I did a lot of things to help prepare my body for pregnancy. And I feel like, you know, I felt healthier in my mid to late thirties than I even did in my twenties because of a lot of these different habits and things that I did prior to getting pregnant. So if you are a woman or a man listening, and this is something that you want to look into for yourself, for your own fertility, if you are in a place where you're you know, wanting to start a family or work on your own fertility, I would love to teach you what I did for myself, what I do for my patients. And that's over on my online course called Golden Eggs Fertility. And it is a six-week, all-included um, in terms of, you know, lessons about your, your hormones, understanding, you know, what it is that you can be doing and what you should not be doing to work on the quality of your eggs, quality of the sperm, um, because it really is about the quality of those that are going to determine, you know, the chances of getting pregnant, staying pregnant and having a healthy pregnancy outcome. So I'd love to have you as a student. It's open for enrollment. You can head over to goldeneggsfertility.com. And this is perfect for you if maybe you don't want to get pregnant right now, but you kind of feel your clock ticking. That was me. Once I hit like 33, I was like, oh my gosh, babies are cute now. (laughs) Whereas before I was like, I would see babies and be like, oh, that looks like a lot of work. (laughs) That looks like a lack of freedom. But I would just, so it's like a a switch flipped. It's really crazy. And I was like, oh, that baby's cry is cute. And I could say definitely being pregnant when I hear babies cry, I just want to hug them. It's so funny what hormones do. 
But, um, but yeah, so if you feel like your clock is ticking or if you are, you know, a couple and you are wanting to get pregnant right now, I mean, definitely you guys want to be doing this work now. I don't recommend that you just go and try to get pregnant because we're in a very toxic environment and our bodies have had to deal with the onslaught of a lot of these chemicals and toxins that, you know, play a big role in our body's physiology and, and also just the health of the baby. So you want to give your child the best start, you know, in this world. Um, so I go into all of that stuff and, um, or, or if maybe let's say you already have children and you want to conceive more and you want to, you know, kind of, um, heal your body up and prepare for the next child, this is perfect for you. So you can check it out over at goldeneggsfertility.com. And I want to give some quick love to our show sponsor. So one of the things that I've been doing during my pregnancy <clears throat> is using the power of mushrooms, medicinal mushrooms. So in pregnancy, you really can't use a lot of different herbs because they're not really studied to be safe. So it's kind of a gamble. Um, but I have been using medicinal mushrooms over at Four Sigmatic. So if you haven't used the products of Four Sigmatic, I highly encourage them. One of the products that I really love is their Cordyceps Elixir. And this is a powder that it's um, dual extracted. So it means that it's, it goes through a, a, a process that allows to pull the maximum amount of the nutrients and, and the active properties from this amazing plant. So you can get all of those benefits. So you just add it right into water. You can add it into coffee and it has it's all organic ingredients, cordyceps, mushrooms. It has some mint, some rose hips, and it also has something called shisandra, which is a fruit that's native to China and Japan. And Shisandra has been used for thousands of years for men and women to help preserve their youth and their beauty. So you get kind of this beautifying ingredient in this as well. And it's safe in your, if you're pregnant, safe for breastfeeding, for kids, for, you know, all ages. And it also, what cordyceps is good for is it helps your body deal with stress. So if you are kind of a go, go, go person, if you're a business person, if you're an athlete, it is just an amazing superfood to add into your mix. So if you want to grab some, you go over to foursigmatic.com. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com and enter Dr. Lowe at checkout, D-R-L-O, and you'll get 15% off your cordyceps elixir or anything else on that website. All right. So with all that said, I wanted to just bring on a guest that I actually have worked with personally for, gosh, I think a year or two, maybe longer. And she's one of my personal coaches that has helped with a lot of my mindset shifts, shifts that I've been working on in terms of, you know, kind of dealing with family, personal life stuff, dating stuff. I mean, anything that would get me hung up, that would get in the way of me living the life that I wanted to live and just being the true me. She has helped me so much with reframing and kind of getting to the root of where these different beliefs and mindsets came from, because so much of the time it comes from childhood and it, and it is, it sort of goes under the radar and we don't really understand where these different attitudes and beliefs come from that affect so much about how we see the world and how we see ourselves. So after working with her, I knew I wanted to share her with you guys. So without further ado, let's jump into the show and talk with Catherine. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I'm, I'm so, I know I say this every time, but I'm so excited for this topic and for this guest and this one, especially because this, this um, guest is someone who is very near and dear to my heart, someone who I've had the opportunity to work very intimately and close to for a while now. I don't even know how long we've been working together, but, um, but definitely well over a year. And I feel like it's been lifetimes because of how much progress and how, how deep we've been able to go into a lot of different areas. So I knew from probably, I don't know, our third session that I wanted to bring her on the show and share her with you guys. And 
I heard all about Catherine, um, and I'll share more about her bio in a sec, but I heard about her on Drew Manning's podcast. Um, Drew was a previous guest on the show, and he had shared on his podcast about um, just some areas of growth and, um, you know, had gone through a divorce and just how he processed all that and had some infidelity stuff and was just very vulnerable and authentic on his show. And it was, he just has grown so much as a human and had worked with Catherine to, to get through a lot of these areas and, and come out stronger and better and just more, you know, honest and him and authentic. And I just was really blown away by the interview that he did. And I knew I wanted to work with her. <laughs> and um, so reached out and it just, it just happened to work out and she's a busy girl, but we ended up being able to talk actually pretty quickly and got started. And, and it's incredible the amount of growth that I've had personally working with her just being able to get to the root of a lot of things that I had no idea were even issues for me. And also just how I process the world, how I experience other people, experience myself. And we actually just did a session this morning that was, you know, two hours long and it was just so good. And it's so cool because I love that whenever I do sessions with her, I always feel like I'm more um, just myself. Like, I don't know. It's just, there's, we'll get, we'll get more into it. But anyways, about my guest, Catherine Dixon, she discovered the work of Byron Katie in 1997. If you're not familiar, you can check that out over at thework.com, and we'll talk more about what that is. And she founded Clarity Coaching Institute in 2003, which is claritycoachinginstitute.com. She revels every day that our honest answers to these simple yet clarifying questions help people to realize and embrace their own wisdom and freedom. And I've always really felt like instead of you know, asking people for advice, I think one of the most powerful things we can do is just ask ourselves questions because I think we have the answers and, um, you know, we're, we're our own little guides with, with what to do and, and which steps to take. I think that we kind of give our power away a lot of times. So, um, that's one of the reasons why I love our session so much is just asking questions that help me to tune into what is true for me. So, um, you are the teacher you've been waiting for is a quote that Byron Katie has said. And, and Catherine is a published author, a dynamic speaker, an award-winning coach, and really just so gifted and talented at what she does. So Catherine, welcome to my show. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Lauren. I'm so glad to be here. I really am. Thank you yeah. for that lovely. Yeah, of course. I'm so glad you're here too. And Oh, I just have so much love and respect for what you do. I think you're such a talented and gifted healer. And um, it's incredible. Like I was saying to you this morning when we did one, our, one of our sessions that what you can um, guide people in, in um, experiencing in just two hours, which may feel like a long time, would be like weeks or months or years in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I really think from what I, cause I've, I've gone to therapy before and I'm a big fan of therapy and, you know, but everything kind of has its place. And I feel like though, um, the transformation that can happen so quickly is so amazing. So anyways, we'll dive more into that, but I would love for people, um, who are listening just to understand you a little bit better. How did you even get into doing the work of Byron Katie? And yeah. once you kind of tell us a little about that, we can talk about what the heck it is. <laughs> Well, I have um, a rich background in all kinds of obscure things, <laughs> but, um, you know, I have all of my life, I lived a pretty challenging childhood and all of my life I've been trying to figure out why am I not happier? Because I could feel this happiness inside of me, but I could never live it. And I tried all kinds of different things, um, churches, this, that's, and the others. And 
nothing really took me where I wanted to be. And I spent a lot of my, you know, I spent 13 years in a spiritual community meditating. And that was a lovely experience, except when I stopped meditating and got off my pillow, all bets were off because my eyes and mouth were open and off I'd go. It was just, it, you know, meditation helped a lot. I don't want to say, you know, dismeditation, but I didn't know how to stay conscious and engaged with my heart when I was walking through the world. And that was really interesting to me. So anyway, I tried all kinds of different things, went to lots of different spiritual teachers and retreats and this, that, and the other all over the place and had pretty much gotten to a place where I thought, you know, I'm just going to live this life and there will be moments of bliss and a lot of moments of not bliss and that'll be it. And, and actually I was into the Course in Miracles quite a bit at the point that the work showed up in my life, which I really, really like a lot. But it's in my experience, it's very kind of cerebral in its presentation without getting into the right. whole detail. It's, the essence of it is beautiful. And it's kind of hard to grok for and most people. And for people who aren't familiar with The Course of Miracles, what is that? It's a book that was published in the 1970s, a channeled um, series. There's like three books to it. I think now it's just one. But it's, it's just a, a guide. They have a daily meditation um, segment. I, I don't know how it's, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and it's an invitation. It's a course in forgiveness really. Yeah. Would be the short version of it. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, what's important to me is I was having, you know, we have a meditation group that I met with and on every Sunday morning and this woman who owned the meditation center said, Hey, Catherine, this woman, Byron Katie's here. And I thought, Oh, you know, the last thing I need is another spiritual teacher. I was kind of teaching right. out of that. <laughs> totally. And uh, against my better judgment, I stayed and was blown out of the water. I, the story I like to tell is there was the beautiful, beautiful young man who walked up on stage with Katie. And in 45 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, he's like 17 or 18 years old. And he was gay. And this is back in 1997, before a lot of the developments and, you know, progress has been made and belonged to a church where that is very much not okay. And he totally loved his family and he loved his church and it was unacceptable in light of that. And he walked up there in total agony and in 45 minutes moved into ecstasy. I mean, it was mind blowing. I just sat there with my mouth hanging open right? because he answered these questions that Katie bring brought, you know, in the work. And it was unbelievable. He accessed the unconditional love that he is, that the, his beliefs and his fears kept him separate from. And you could feel he loved his family and his church even more. And it was okay that they weren't able to accept him. It was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so that blew my mind. And then I, Byron Katie lived in Barstow at that time. And I went to Barstow as often <laughs> as I could. Yeah. Wow, you were Barstow. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? yeah. So you that were committed to it. <laughs> I was really committed to it because I just never, and I, you know, of course, practiced it myself. And essentially, let's talk about what the work is. It's bottom line, four questions that you can ask yourself when you think you have a problem. So you look into 
any area of your life where you're feeling afraid or anxious or angry or hurt or what have you. And inside of that experience will be beliefs that you're holding pretty much unwittingly, unaware. Things that you've adopted from your relationships with your culture or your family or your friends or what have you. We have these belief systems that don't always serve us. And one of the things that I think is, well, what I, the way I put it out there is we don't see reality. We see our beliefs about reality. Mm-hmm. And that is a completely different situation. And one of my favorite Byron Katie quotes is, reality is always kinder than our beliefs about it. So we look into these areas where we're having problems or feeling upset. We look at these specific situations and we ask these questions. And what we discover is when we question these stressful thoughts, we let go of the pain and the suffering and the fear that hold us hostage in our lives. And we access our true self. Mm -hmm. As you said, um, Byron Katie would say, you are the teacher you've been waiting for. I like to say the wisdom you've been looking for is inside of you. And it's the last place we look. And these four questions bring us straight into the truth of our hearts. Because everyone has, you know, their own ideas of how the world works. And it can be helpful to a degree. But when you start looking inside of yourself for your own truth and your own answers, you access a level of aliveness that is so beautiful and so yeah. healing and it heals your relationships with yourself and the people in your lives. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and people of all races, you know, gender, socioeconomic status, all of us can benefit from this kind of work. I know that you work with very, you know, high power, very successful, very rich people. And you work with people who can, you know, barely afford to probably do a session like every live in their cars. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. People living in their cars. And, Uh and it's, it's, um, it's so crazy how in my practice, I can think of patients who they'll be sitting across from me. I'm looking at them like, this is the most precious, most wonderful person in front of me. And yet they just think the most awful things about themselves. And I can see it so clearly and just want the best for them. But it's like, it's because of these beliefs that they have for themselves. And yet I can hop on a call and do a session with you. And it's like, no one would ever think that I'm carrying all this crap because, you know, someone could see me as she's this doctor, she's successful, whatever. But like the most basic fundamental beliefs about things can just be so off base from, from what, you know, reality, like you said is. So um, that's why I think the work you do is so important it's it's such a privilege to offer it it really is sometimes people say what do you do for a living Catherine and I like to say well you know <laughs> so I hard to around, well I I like to say I sit around and watch people wake up all day yeah. because what they access in their sessions is their true nature when we stop believing these limiting painful thoughts we have access to our selves our true selves unencumbered which is creative which is loving which is fearless quite honestly yeah. but we've been taught, you know and it's part of our culture that you know if you if you are afraid that's good because then you'll stay safe if you are suspicious that's helpful we've just been you know trained into and we've done it we bought it that's part of the reason why it's ours 
But all of these stressful thoughts are optional. Katie would say suffering is optional. And yeah. it is absolutely true. And I've sat down to do the work sometimes myself, and I'm thinking, um, this can't possibly turn around, or I can't relieve myself of this. Life really does stink. And when I do the work, it never does. It, the work is one thing that has never failed me. When I honestly answer the questions, I am freed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd, I'd love to get into the questions in a sec. One thing I would, I would love to know is, of all the work you've been doing, because you've been doing this for a long time now, are there certain common statements or beliefs that you tend to find for, for most people? Like, what are some common ones? I would say... That's an interesting question. I would say that one of the bottom line beliefs that people hold is that their lovability is questionable or their ability to love is questionable or limited somehow. Mm -hmm. So, and that shows up in all kinds of different ways, but we don't, yeah, we don't recognize our goodness and our value. And yeah. then that shows up in all kinds of crazy ways in our lives and in our relationships. Right. So that's, that's kind of what it boils down to. That's kind of the, the common theme with a lot of the different statements that, that yes, yes, cause, yes. Cause, and it know, might not show up like that immediately. It'll right. be like, my husband doesn't love me. Right. And yeah. then when you go in and do the inquiry, you discover that the pain isn't coming from the husband, but our mm-hmm. stories about the husband that, source from within us and that's a good thing because then we can heal it let it go yeah but if somebody else is affecting our lives we're in trouble right Right. or even even something where if someone has a belief where they are you know it seems like they're being judgmental right because that's the whole judge your neighbor thing like judgmental Mm -hmm. of someone else it seems like this other person is the problem but if you really ask the questions and boil it down to what's really there oftentimes you'll see that the, the real belief is that that, that person, their own lovability is questionable. Right? To themselves. Yeah. To, to themselves. themselves. And then they project that onto their relationships. Right. So, so can we talk really fast about more about the work? Yeah, please. Yeah. So essentially what you do in order to do the work, and again, Byron Katie's work, uh, website is thework.com and everything you need there is there to do it. You can do it yourself. Coaching is wonderful. It's not absolutely necessary. It can be helpful in the beginning, I think. But one of the beauties about the work is you're learning a skill you can take yourself into the rest of your life. And so on that website, you'll see all kinds of videos of her facilitating people and how to fill out this thing she calls the Judge Your Neighbor Worksheet which I like to call toxic waste dump for your head. (laughs) And on that, you focus on a particular moment in time where you are really wound up or upset or hurt or whatever. And you write out your answers to these questions. I'm upset with so-and-so because blah, blah, blah. And I won't go into all of that because we have limited time, but that helps you to really focus and look at what are your thoughts. And then when you do the work or when you come to a session, we look at that thought those thoughts and we question the reality of them and we do that essentially with four questions the way i facilitate is i use a few more sub questions but the four questions are this when you have a stressful thought and let's see like a stressful thought would be my father never loved me okay Mm -hmm. so my father never loved me the first question is is it true 
And that's a really general thought that I might, yeah. Is it true? And I would think, well, yes, it's true. The way he treated me was so-and-so. So I get my, yes, it's true. Can I absolutely know that it's true that my father never loved me? And the work is a meditation. It's a conscious meditation. Can I really know that my father never loved me? And when I sit with that and I really look, I might get a yes again, and I might get a no. And either one is fine. This isn't about preconceived ideas of where you're supposed to get. The work is about self-realization. And that's what heals us is when we discover what we believe, right? So yes and or no to both of the first two questions. Is it true? Can you absolutely know that it's true? The third question is, who, uh, how do you react when you believe that thought? So if I believe my father never loved me, how do I react? Well, all kinds of things happen. My body constricts, my back tightens, blah, blah, blah. Um, mm -hmm. And so you look at the effect of the stressful thought, which is never pleasant. It never, ever is. Because when we're believing a stressful thought, we're shutting down all of our systems and the effect is darkness, okay? Right. And then the fourth question is, who would you be without that thought? And in the worksheet, you'll have a specific moment in time. So who would you have been in that moment without that thought? And you all of a sudden look into your imagination. Everything's the same, except you're not believing that same thought in your head about what's going on. And what happens without fail, pretty much, is people discover the love within themselves. They discover the love that's around them. They discover they're not affected by other people's behaviors as much as their own beliefs about them, which they totally get to choose. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And then there yeah. are these things at the very end called turnarounds, where we take the original statement, my father never loved me. And we turn it around three different ways. The first way would make, be making it all about ourselves. So I never loved me. Mm. Bam. Can I find that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I spent a, most of my young life not, not even coming close to loving myself. I didn't even know it was a possibility. I can totally find that. So you write examples of how that's true. Mm -hmm. And then... Another turnaround is where you switch places. My father never loved me. I never loved my father. How could that be as true or truer? Well, I only loved him when he was acting ways that made me happy or I cut him out of my life or whatever, you know? Yeah. And then the third turnaround would be the total opposite. He never loved me. My father always loved me. And can I find the truth in that? And this isn't a, we're going through it really fast, but it's a deep meditation. And you know that from your own experience. It's yeah. something that you go inside and you find your truth. And there's no preconceived notions of what that is. But when we are not operating under stressful thoughts, we have capacities and to love and to be creative and to solve situations find solutions that just are inconceivable when you're caught up in your stressful thoughts. Yeah. My favorite part is the fourth question when you, who would you be without that thought? I mean, cause mm -hmm. you, we do this work for a while and you know, you kind of bring me down into hell and like all the, just really looking at how I know it sounds intense, but like all the, how these, how this belief has really permeated in my life and like yeah. all the ways it's, that it's affected me, like really what it's felt like, 
you know, physically, emotionally, like, and, and also there's different facets, like how this, you know, how, how certain people or situations have appeared because of this belief, like how much it's affected everything, you know? And then, but then it's crazy how you'd be like, how would you be without that thought? And it's like, huh. (laughs) It's like, I think of the Aladdin, like a whole new world, you know, (laughs) it just opens up and it's incredible because I have a very vivid imagination. I, I've always really resonated with, with visualization and like fantasy and just, you know, I mean, my favorite, you know, my favorite, uh, like cartoon growing up was like the last unicorn. And I love like Care Bears, like things that are very vivid and imaginative. So when you ask me that question, it's like, I really can look and go, Oh my gosh, like, who'd you be without that thought? And it's really exciting to think of how it, it changes everything. Like everything gets, gets changed just by shifting a belief. Yes. And that question number four is my favorite too, because you start to access your true nature, unencumbered, again, by the stressful thoughts. And so sometimes when people have sessions, they kind of, you know, they're anxious and they're like, oh my gosh, Catherine, how do I hold on to this feeling? And you don't have to. It's actually your true nature. It's inside of you all the time. Just start questioning the stressful thoughts that distract you from that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not like you're finding something new. It's like accessing your true nature that is inaccessible when your head is all bound up in confusion. That's yeah, all. totally. Yep. It feels like yep. emotional or like spiritual detox. It's just like releasing stuff yep. that didn't yep. serve you. So you're just like who you really are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Let's talk about the realm of power concept. Tell okay. All right. So Byron Kennedy calls it the three kinds of business. If and and I want to you know put a plug in for her books. They you can get them on Amazon or whatever. She's got some incredibly beautiful books. And the first one, Loving What Is, kind of gives you the overall basics of the work, and it's a it's an incredible book. Mm-hmm. And she calls it three kinds of business. I find it such an important principle, and I noticed myself even as well as my clients had a hard time really landing in the value of it. And so um, anyway, I said to life, hey, I want a different way to say this. And what came through was same principle, different language that I think clarifies things a little bit. So there are three realms of power, just like Katie's three kinds of business. So there's my realm of power, which consists of how I personally see myself and my world and everything in it. Okay. That is, and only that actually, is my realm of power. So I get to vote on how I see myself, how I see my world, and how I show up. Yeah. Okay? I don't get to vote whether it rains outside. I get to vote how I feel about whether it rains outside. I don't get to vote whether people like me or not. I get to vote on how I show up around however people are. So that's the power that I have. And then everyone else has their power, which is their version of what I just described, how they see themselves, how they see me, and how they operate accordingly. So I don't get to vote how anyone sees me, right? Yeah. That makes sense? Totally. And most of, well, I don't know about most of, but many people spend much of their lives trying to orchestrate some kind of response from a variety of people in their lives, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and it never satisfies even when you achieve whatever if you 
are focused on your well-being contingent on someone else's opinion of you, the satisfaction is very short-lived. Okay. For sure. Cause it's always dependent right. in that way. It's always dependent. Yeah. It's always dependent. So my, my realm of power, your realm of power and God's realm of power or the universe, whatever you call the higher power. And for the purpose of this exercise, um, how do I want to say this? <laughs> I, I believe God is love. That's my story for whatever it's worth and is behind absolutely everything that happens. Mm-hmm. So for the purpose of this exercise, though, God's realm of power is everything clearly outside of the realm of humanity, right? So the photosynthesis is a good one. And I like to say the, ro- the orbits of the planets, really good job, God. They don't run into each other very often. Right. So way to go. Um, so things that we don't get to vote about are in God's or the higher powers realm and included in God's realm that I think is a really important element. And all of this comes from Katie's three kinds of business is that the past and the future are also guess whose realm those are not our realm. They're not ours. And most of us spend our lives afraid of the future or lamenting the past. Right. And we do not get to vote about either one of those areas. They are gone. They are not here. Show me the past. Right. Well, it's in my mind. No, your story about it is in your mind. And where is the future? Your story is, is your realm of power, though, right? Your story of it is. Your interpretation, your, your choices about what happens, right? Mm. And so, so the value of distinguishing whose realm is whose comes down to this, in my experience, is that the only time we can suffer or feel afraid or any other emotion that we would just as soon not feel, the only time that happens is when we're focused outside of our realm of power. Right. Which is how someone else is showing up or how they're seeing me. And that, you know, guess how much time we spend there. And the reason it's so painful and part of the reason I like the realms of power is when you're focused on your partner's realm of power or how they're showing up, you don't give away your power because you can't. It's your divine birthright, but you absolutely stop using it. So you go unconscious in your own realm of power and you feel terrible because of it. And then you blame your partner. I really love that. I really love that you said you can't give your power away, but you just stop using it. You just you hear it so many times where people say, I gave this person my power, I gave my power away. It's like you you just stopped using it. You you still have it and you've always had it. It can't go anywhere. Wow. Right. And no one really influences anyone else. If I say something and people are like, Yeah, that's wonderful, or yeah, that's awful, they have told their story about what I'm saying. Right. They have created their own experience and they influence themselves. Mm. So if you've seen, if you see someone as a bad influence, it's really that you've just departed from your realm of power with, yes, because of the, because you stopped using your power. Yeah. Yes. You've abandoned yourself and that will hurt every time. I don't care how altruistic even the other person is. If you abandon yourself, it's going to cause suffering. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like what Byron Katie would have said with the three kinds of business, there's my business, there's other people's business and there's God's business. Right. And, and mine, yours and God's. Right. Exactly. So, so if you're, if you are stressed about the future, you're in God's business or you're in God's realm of power. 
you know, Mm -hmm. and if you're worrying about what people think about you, you're in their realm of power, their business. And so you're in their business and not conscious in your own realm of power. Yeah. So anytime, like, I guess a good gauge for, am I in my realm of power is, am I suffering? If I'm suffering, I'm not in my realm of power. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. Whenever we're feeling poorly or stressed out, we are focused in a way that is indicating that we're out of alignment with our true nature. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty radical thing to say, but I found that it's absolutely true. And so it's an invitation for me to question my thoughts. If I'm not feeling wonderful or good, there's some part of me that is confused in that moment about who I am and what I'm up to, or maybe I'm focused on something outside of my realm of power and that depletes me. Yeah. What's that statement that you have said a few times that that Byron Katie said about just caring what people think? Caring what people think. Or it's like, like, um, like the prayer, like the prayer that you say. Oh, oh, oh. Byron Katie says, God, spare me the desire to seek love, approval, and appreciation. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that. And, and why would we want to be spared that? Because the minute we want love, approval, or appreciation from someone outside of ourselves, we will go unconscious of our own power. Right. Because then that's, that's, that's a statement that you're lacking in it for yourself. If you're seeking that from someone else. Exactly. Exactly. And that is, I mean, you asked me before, what do most people suffer from? They don't, most of us don't have a relationship with our own selves, our true self. We think our relationships are with everyone around us. And until we actually have a relationship with ourselves, um, the rest of our relationships are wobbly. and. reflections of our poor relationship with ourselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So how do we develop a relationship with ourselves? You know, how do we, how do we stay in our work or develop, (laughs) right. Or develop that, that stronger sense of our own realm of power. That's what I would say doing the work is all about. Right. And Byron Katie talks about doing the work for breakfast, which It sounds like a lot to do, but honestly, the energy that you get every time you do the work and the way you feel back in alignment with your true nature is so empowering and it makes the rest of your day more wonderful. And even if you do the work once a week, it can, it changes your life. And the more you do it, the less you believe the stressful thoughts when they show up, they'll just kind of come waltzing in and you'll be like, oh, that's a thought. That's not real. And and so you might get a little tripped up, but not to the same degree. And you've probably experienced that yourself, Lauren. Oh, for sure. Wow. It does. It really changes your whole perspective. It's a neuro wiring. I think you start to develop just different wiring in your brain and you, you know, I think of different, um, you know, neural connections. You can have like little baby streets or you can have big highways. And if you've been... (laughs) you know, thinking in this way of this negativity all the time or thinking about the anxiety about the future or thinking about what other people think about you. I mean, you're, it's that neuroplasticity. You're actually making stronger, you know, highways to think in that way. And so I think in the beginning of doing the work, I can say for myself that it's, it's a, it's challenging, you know, to start thinking in a different way, but it's also really cool too, because you feel relief right away. 
But, you know, mm-hmm. the more that you do it, the more that you build new roads, you know, and the other right. roads then are become closed down because no one's driving down those anymore. It does. And it, you actually get to a place where you actually enjoy the challenges when they show up or the right. upsets because you know that the other side of it is a greater understanding and love, yeah. you know, more freedom. Yeah. Like I was sharing with you today, like just, just the other day I had a woman, we parked, she parked next to me and then opened her car door and it hit my car and, and, um, got out of the car and I was looking at it and, you know, and I just asked for her information just in case I needed to follow up with her. And, you know, the way that she responded was, are you kidding? Like, are you serious? Like, this is barely anything seriously. Like you're gonna, you know, and in that moment, I, I, there was a, there was a moment and it's so crazy. I had so much peace that went over me. Because I, it, it didn't bother me because what I did is I, I felt compassion for one that, that she wasn't huh. even like taking responsibility for something like so basic, you know, but I also mm-hmm. was like, wow, how have I done that in so many ways throughout my life where I just totally was like, just like, so not conscious about the effect I had on someone else. And it was clearly something that I did, you know? So yes. I, I saw myself in her so much. And I also saw so much of her humanity and like, maybe she was just dealing with so much stuff. And like, I just, I came, I came to it with so much of a neutral place. And I actually, it almost made my day better because I feel like I really got to see her as a human being. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You yes. know, and even yesterday, like getting pulled over because I had my phone in my hand when I was driving. And so mm-hmm. this guy pulled me over, you know, this cop. And I was telling you this in our session this morning that there was a moment where, you know, he he had said that I was going to have this court date coming up to go, you know, like plead guilty or not guilty or whatever. And I was like, and I like looked down at my belly and I was like, well, I have this baby coming in like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I could right. tell there was a split second where it kind of slightly hit him in his heart, but he just like shut down. He was like, Oh, well, all right. Well, sounds like, you know, he just like, it, like <laughs> there was that moment of humanity where he totally could have been like, Oh wow. You know, yeah, like being understanding, yeah. having compassion in that moment, but but he didn't, and I felt so much where I just, I, I it's almost like I saw him like a little boy, like I wanted to hug him, just like oh man, oh, you can't access your heart yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. It, like it gave me so much to marinate on after that moment. That oh, so all these little moments come to us where we can get really pissed off, and I remember like when he pulled away, and because it was in a um, gas station parking lot, he like drove off, and this woman was like what a dick, like, you know, just so mad and like offended by him and like, you're pregnant and everything. He got so mad. And then this other guy drove past and he was like, Oh, what a jerk. I can't believe like you're pregnant, you know? (laughs) But for one, I was like, wow, I'm getting showered by all these people. This is really cool. And then the other part was I totally (laughs) like felt this moment of just, I don't know, just like, um, just compassion for this cop. And like, that's that's probably a difficult job to have. And it's not a, it's not a job where it's very, safe to to have compassion or empathy probably you know oftentimes yes that's true yeah and you know when I, one of the things i've discovered from doing the work for so long is that we are all always doing the very best we know how to do yes beliefs in our minds right. at the moment and we all so many on this planet believe these really stressful thoughts so you know our best doesn't always look that great because we're operating underneath all kinds of confusion and fear but the truth is everyone the cop the girl that scratched your car we are always 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 doing the very best we know how 
given our understanding in that moment. And if we're not being loving, it's just because we don't know how to in that moment. Yeah. Because it is our nature. It is absolutely our nature. And you, you know, your heart's growing. So you're able to see love in places now where you couldn't before. Yeah. And, and I also see myself yeah. in, in that cop and see myself yes. in that woman. Like I'm, I'm him and I am her and they're me. Yes. You know, yes. so it's like, so I'm catching myself. If there's ever a moment where I'm feeling offended, it's like, look at that and go, how am I this person? Like, how is that right. person me right now? <laughs> you know, right. how yeah. have I done and this in so many ways to other people? Absolutely. And, you know, the work shows us that all we ever see is our beliefs about people. Yeah. Right. So you're actually living that now in the moment, which is pretty cool because reality is kinder than our beliefs about it. And when I'm believing something stressful, it's me. Like in the moment, I think Fred is a jerk. In that moment, not a second before or afterwards, the jerk is inside of me. Yeah. Right. And I'm seeing that reflected outside of myself. doesn't mean I'm a jerk all the time, but in the moment I think Fred's one, it's me. Mm-hmm. And that's a really beautiful thing to understand. It's not about beating yourself up. It's just about taking responsibility for your realm of power and how you're creating your experience in the world. Yes. That makes sense. 100%. Yeah, because I could have let that stuff just ruin my day. And I walked away from going, wow, this was such a cool experience of seeing another human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, too, I talked to people afterwards and shared the experience and them saying, oh, well, that sucks or cops are, cops are jerks or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and being able to not, that, not let that affect me because I didn't feel that was true for myself. So I think that's a lesson for all of us, you know, is just like mm-hmm. being able to tune in like do I really feel like that no right yeah yeah and to be in the and to be in the presence of someone who isn't operating from the knee-jerk reaction invites some freedom to me does that make sense yeah right there's someone not doing the game the way we tend to do it in reactive fearful mind mode Mm -hmm. totally Pretty sweet. Pretty yeah, sweet. I love this. Um, one of the things that you had said, because I take all kinds of notes during our sessions, is that the, these things that seem like our shackles are actually our catalyst for, for our evolution. Absolutely. Absolutely. Invitations to growth. Yes. Question. Yeah. And the work really helps you to be able to see that because a lot of those invitations are wrapped in packages that you would just as soon never open. But the work helps you to open the package and see the grace. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And you said they're portals for deeper love and understanding for ourselves and the world. Definitely. Definitely. Yep. Oh, it's good stuff. Um, What else about the work do you think is um, good to share, important for people to know, or, you know, just, just anything else about this that you'd love to share? Well, the thing that I love the most, I think I've already said, is that it's something you can give yourself, that the wisdom that you're looking for and the guidance actually comes from inside of you. And these questions bring you home to yourself. Mm -hmm. And anyone can do it. It doesn't matter who you are or what your situation is. I've seen amazing things happen in people's lives with just one session. And I do think when you practice it regularly, it makes a more sustainable, substantive shift in your experience of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and to sometimes have wonderful experiences that can shift our gears 
But when you practice the work regularly, you recognize mm, what, what a miracle our lives really are. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing sweeter than that. And how does it work when, when clients work with you? I know for me, it's like, I never want to stop working with you, but <laughs> you to do what, like maybe 10 sessions or, and then yeah. kind of continue on their own. Typically what I recommend with people is to set up one session, see if it's something that rings your bells. It usually does. And then if you'd like it, I recommend you do nine or 10 more within three or four months. So there's some consistency and continuity so that you actually start internalizing the process. You have support for when you're questioning some of your bigger stories, because even me, when I, you know, if I run up against something that really tips me over, I will have someone else facilitate me because sometimes you just can't see the forest through the trees yourself, or it takes longer than I'm willing to sit with. And so being facilitated will be helpful. But what happens in those 10 sessions is you learn, you you recognize that your experience of life is much more malleable than you ever imagined and that you have a lot more power and you start internalizing the process and it becomes your own. Mm. And then then people will contact me once a month or what have you. Yeah, it's like your life is your clay. It's like you have this blank canvas and you're painting it however you want it to look. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. Oh man, so good, Catherine. I I'm so grateful and so appreciative of you coming oh, on and sharing your you. your work and um, you know, just some of your your wisdom. And I know that a lot of people are going to get some value out of this. So thank you again. So people can can learn more and connect with you at claritycoachinginstitute.com. Yes, and ma'am. If listening, who want to just do the work on your own, you can do the work.com and um, yeah, thanks again so much for, for coming on the show. Thank you, Lauren. It's been lovely. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love, and I'll talk to you soon.